I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and for two days, everyone has said no to me. Now it's my turn to say no. And my name is Colin Drucker, and something about gazpacho, you know, some some gazpacho <laughs> joke, you know, whatever. A nice tall glass of gazpacho. Yeah. That's what uh, Antonio Banderas is in this movie. Oh, uh, tall glass of gazpacho. That's a that's a good way to put it. I, maybe I'll drink it out of a bowl, though. Apparently you can drink gazpacho yes. out of a bowl. All of that's to say that we are kicking off a month of Alma Dovar. Almay Dovar, if you will. <laughs> yes, I love that. I'm so excited that um, this... I, I guess is technically the first Pedro Almodovar movie I have seen. I looked at like, you know, there's Paramount Parallel Mothers. There's even Volver mm-hmm. uh, that we could uh, talk about. I, I bet that I haven't seen. So I guess there isn't a conversation to be had there. But I really love his directing style. I love all of the aesthetics of this movie, um, including like the just like the visual uh, joy of the opening credits. I love watching that. I don't know what style it is. Like it's kind of like pop art, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sort of like a collage style. Um, yeah. Of like it almost looks like different magazine fonts, you know? Yes. Uh, yes. And and in case we haven't mentioned, or you didn't read the title because you just hit play, or it auto played, you know, like I don't know what I'm listening to right now. We are of kicking off this month of Pedro with. Uh, I think a great place to start with him, uh, a great entry point for anyone who is new to Pedro Almodovar, and I don't say that as someone who has much more experience, uh, but it's 1988's Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, which is such it's such a title. It's just, uh, in and of itself, I just have to applaud that title. Yeah, I, I often think, because this, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it too, but this was made or adapted into a Broadway musical. Uh-huh. Um, but like, what would be the shortened version of that? You know how people say like, oh, Les Mis, right? or, you know, what they call, I mean, Women on the Verge is acceptable, I think. I think that's, It's a long title. Yeah, I think that's what it would be. I feel like it's kind of like How to Succeed versus How to Succeed in Business yes. without really trying. I can accept a How to Succeed. And I could accept. I can too. Yeah. Yeah. And a women on the verge, I think, is fine. So, yeah, uh, that's okay. That's fine. You know, it's like, do you think for come from away, do you think they just call it away? <laughs> I don't think that one works. I think you just got to say it. I know that when I was in, um, when I was in Carmen, they were talking about the magic flute and they kept calling it flute. Oh, oh I hated it. Oh, that gets right between it. my teeth. Oh. I know. Well, we went, when we did flute back in the fall, I was like, oh, God. Just call it the magic flute. If it's three words, you got to say it. Yeah, like it's more work to come up with an abbreviation. I, you know, 
I can accept also calling it forum instead of. Uh, I like forum. Yeah, yes, I that's can't allowed. even remember the full title right now. The everybody. A funny thing happened. A funny thing happened. Forum, yeah. I think I told the story at some point that when I um, tried out for the high school uh, theater company, you had to audition with a song and a monologue, and my song was a portion of "Everybody Ought to Have a Maid" from Forum. There we go. Yes, and it was yes. terrible. I'm sure it was great. Ugh. But anyway, I love that. Uh, so yes, so I mean, if 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 they were calling this breakdown, if that was kind of the shorthand, uh, or I don't know what else they would call it. Yeah, women on the verge. I I just I feel we nailed it. Yeah, it's got to be that one. Um, but yeah, you know, which we'll talk about. I I watched a couple clips of, and I, it's an interesting. I mean, it's interesting to kind of adapt this to a different style or adapt this to a different. Like format because medium, I, yeah, yeah, because I feel like so much of this movie and so much of the style of it and so much of like the Pedro Almodovar of it all, like, is so singular and is so like once you it's the guacamole thing, once you take it out of and you know, out of its environment, once you expose it to different air, it gets weird. And I mean, I haven't seen the musical, but I just feel like this is something that like. It's like an ABBA song. He got it right the first time, you know? So there's no, there's nothing to yeah. reimagine and improve, you know? Yeah, even like what we were saying, uh, that guy on TikTok that I can't remember his name, but he, you know, his hot takes on musical theater about adapting. You have to adapt movies into musicals where the characters sing. And I feel like there are some characters who sing in this, but I don't think all of them do, if that makes sense. Mm, no, absolutely. I mean, and even watching the clips that I saw, it, it felt weird it felt like oh yeah. what are you doing making her sing she doesn't sing like that's peepa that she doesn't sing you know yeah played by sherry renee scott of the last five years and i <laughs> oh my goodness oh of course i know that the musical uh didn't run for long uh patty lapone and laura bonanti were in it um, and Patty, Lepo- I, f- I remember this interview. She's like, "It's it's ahead of its time. No one's gonna understand it. That's why it's not it's not it's closing because no one understands. It's you know it's it's too ahead of its time." I was like, "Okay, well, I I don't know the show. Maybe it was, but it feels like something Patty Lapone would say, you know?" Right, right. That feels like a good Patty band aid to put on maybe something that just yes didn't work as a musical. I don't know, and and I don't know. I think more so, it's less that I I'm I have a one way or the other to say about a musical version of this and that I feel I guess I feel kind of precious about the about the movie I'm like ugh, it, it's like doing I don't know um Rachel getting married the musical it's like no no yeah, just leave it alone stage play. yeah 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 like I just I just think there's something so special about it and in my kind of tiptoeing into the world of 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 Pedro uh and I, I finally learned that his last name is not pronounced a Amald- it's Almodovar so I'm probably gonna yes. fuck up and still say a Maldivar at some point but um I think there's so much about what I have seen of his you know all about my mother women on the verge uh and I think I've seen like the skin I live in like years ago but I feel like the all about my mother and women on the verge are like the two like most present examples in my mind. I feel like the thing that both of those movies have had in common is like, there's so many roles for women. There's so many women. There's so many roles, uh, like little moments between women. It's so much about like, I just feel like what I'm excited about with in like going into his movies this month is I just feel like it's so much just like the celebration of the supporting actress. Oh yeah. I feel excited because this is, 
like I said, I this is my first foray into uh, Pedro's works. So have you seen, had you seen this movie before? I, or no? Yeah, so I think years ago I had watched, I like probably like in college or in high school or whatever, like was attracted to the title and was like, oh, that's probably a really cool movie full of lots of crazy acting moments and, and lady moments. And... You know, to Patty's credit, I, I didn't understand it at the time, but I, I think it was more because I was, like, 17. And so, sure. like, I think it always just sat in my mind as this this movie that I didn't understand and at some point had to, like, revisit and, and maybe reappreciate. And so 20 years later, here we are. <laughs> yeah, I love that, though. That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. And, and I really – I think having the warm-up of All About My Mother – to kind of get a sense of like, okay, there's, this is a tone. This is a certain kind of like aesthetic. There's a certain like, it's not all 100% reality. There is a little bit of like, eh, just go with it to the plot sometimes. But like, if you're able to do that, it can just suck you in. And so I got those same notes while I was watching this and I was like, oh my God, are all of his movies going to make me feel this way? You know? Yeah. I'm I'm excited. I think like one of those the first thing that jumps out to me when you say that as far as like just go with it is like when she sets her bed on fire. I was like, what's happening here? And I know she's like kind of losing it the whole movie, but I there is like a sort of suspension of disbelief there. It's like, yeah, just go with it and don't think too much about it and because right. it kind of like Holy Camp. I mean, maybe it's just like the style of uh, Spanish movies, maybe. Right? I mean, that's an interesting point is, like, maybe what we're, we're seeing, like, certainly at, uh, in a Maldivar, Almodovar, there it is. We're seeing a there Pedro thing, but maybe we're also seeing kind of, like, themes or tones that we all, you don't, we might often see in Spanish cinema. Who knows? But yeah. I like that idea that there is – there are things where it's like, oh, I, I'm not – I can't judge this the way I would judge – either an American movie or a non-Pedro movie, because this is what mm -hmm. comes with the world of this movie, you know? Yes. Um, people set their beds on fire. People pass out from drugged gazpacho in min mere minutes, you know? Uh, you know. Uh, yeah, people are jumping off balconies. Yeah. Right, people jump off balconies. You somehow get the mambo taxi three times, you know? I mean, there's, there's so much where it's just like, okay, well, I don't really care if this is realistic because I love that it's happening, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess to catch people up, I mean, I, I, it'd be hard to kind of give a synopsis of this. and uh, But essentially, the way that it opens is that this woman, uh, Pippa, Peppa, Pippa, played by Carmen, Peppa, Peppa um, played by Carmen Maura, uh, who has been in a lot of Pedro's movies. So we may, we'll likely see her again this month. Um, yeah. But she is having an affair with uh, a a fellow actor Ivan Ivan and they are both Ivan Ivan <laughs> yeah um but they are yeah she's having an affair with Ivan who is married to uh Lucia and they work together she's an actress and they work together dubbing American movies we see them dubbing lines for this Joan Crawford movie Johnny mm -hmm. Guitar and uh <gasps> Johnny Guitar. Do you know oh Johnny Guitar? The only reason I know that is um, a, a very uh, like close couple friends of ours, Frank and Patrick, if you're listening. Hello. Um, but Frank, they both went to film school. Um, and Frank is like a movie like snob in a way. He'll admit that. Um, and his, I always ask him what his favorite movie is. And he says, 
like without hesitation, Johnny Guitar. And I, I'm like, what is that? And so I, I looked it up after he told me that. So I do know that title. Interesting. Oh, I mean, we could totally do Johnny Guitar on this podcast. I mean, it, it it's, I mean, Joan Crawford is, it, it is a, a sight to behold, but then there's Mercedes Cambridge in the supporting actress role. And it's, Super gay, super lesbian, super butch. It's really great. And there's something like the color palette of that movie. Uh, yeah. It's like the the bold reds and the yellows. Oh, it's a thing to consider is Johnny Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's a great movie. So, nice. uh, but at the beginning of the movie, you know, Yvonne is leaving Peppa. Peppa. Is it? I'm, I'm going to pronounce it wrong. The whole Peppa. Episode. Peppa. Yeah. Yeah. Peppa. Uh, as in salt and. Uh, but he's going to be leaving Peppa and she is not taking it well. And I feel like this is something we'll probably see in some of his other movies, but like, meanwhile, her good friend Candela is, uh, you know, running from a situation and you throwing a bunch of belongings in a, in a landfill somewhere (laughs) and is desperately trying to shot. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, it was just like, I was like, though, this must be real. Um, and is desperately trying to get in touch with Peppa and then, meanwhile, there's Lucia, who Peppa is trying to get you know, in touch with because she wants to talk to her. And Lucia will have nothing to do with her. And meanwhile, there's Carlos, who's Lucia and Yvonne's son. And he and Marisa, his fiancé, are looking to sublet what is Peppa's apartment. And all of this, it's like... This is like 5% of the plot, everything I've just said right now. I feel like all of That's this true. is just kind of like the setup. And so I think instead of going into all of those details, basically it, it does feel kind of like a play. Everything kind of converges in Peppa's apartment. And there's, you know, the rotating characters in and out of the apartment. And, you know, there's one character leaves a scene and then two characters have a moment together. And it's... Um, and it all looks like a set. Like, I feel like we're, it is very yeah. much not meant to look like reality. Yeah, there's a lot of room to play on that balcony. And I was like, that's a nice balcony. Uh, but yeah, I agree. It's very like farcical, noises off sort of situation. because mm-hmm. and, and really, like a lot of that, speaking of just like, people wouldn't act like that. Like just Antonio Ben, I mean, he's so beautiful in this movie. My God, he's like a 90, even though it's like 88, I just feel like, like typical 90s heartthrob with like the high-waisted pants and like those circle glasses and like the curly kind of messy hair he is so hot mm, yeah, um but yeah. like the way that he just kisses everyone is so weird i'm like what's happening here just uh yeah the, how he just goes with it and how he's like on top of all the women instantly i don't know but um you know it adds to the chaos Right, right. There's that thing of like, okay, well, I guess this is just, you know, he's just as as Candela tells him, he's a kissing fanatic. But yeah, he shows up at the apartment with Marisa and then she accidentally drinks some spiked gazpacho full of barbiturates and spends the rest of the movie sleeping. And he then meanwhile makes the makes the moves on on Candela, who is, you know, um, in her own state of terror because she realizes that she'd been having a hot and heavy weekend with some Shiite terrorists. <laughs> yeah. I it's I mean it's funny. It is funny in a way. I I, I have to go back to Marisa because I feel like she is like the Shelley Duvall of Spain. You know what I mean? Oh, like I she know. has such a distinct look. If it was made in America, it would be Shelley Duvall. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shelley Duvall? Yes. Yes. I, I said Shelley Long. I don't know why I get Shelley Long. They're they're not the same person, but yes, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, which Shelly? That's a fun game. Is like, okay, Shelley. which Shelly is in this movie? Which Shelly played this character? It's, uh, you know. Yes. Um, best supporting after show. Maybe we'll play a, you know, a Shell game. Shelly Winters. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Maybe all the answers are Shelly's. Yeah. Ooh. We so, could loop in some Michelle's in there. You we know? definitely we can. Yeah, Shelly Williams. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Who are the actresses named Shelly? Shelly Hack is an actress. Uh, yes. Shelly Duvall. Shelly. Well, well, we're going to work on this. Shelly Long. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Um, anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and we'll get to Marisa because I also I am obsessed with the fact that like uh, and this is something that was similar to all about my mother is the last scene in the movie. Like she gets the yeah. last line basically in the movie and it's so random. And uh, but yeah, otherwise she spends much of it sleeping. But um, yeah, Candela and, and Carlos are kind of falling in love. And meanwhile, Pepe tries to get this feminist lawyer, Paulina played by Kit, uh, Kitty Monver, who I think has also been in a lot of Pedro's movies. And uh, there's something about her that like it's a it's a smaller role in the movie, but there's something like visually sort of iconic about her. Like I just feel like she's like the most other than Lucia towards the end. There's something so distinctly recognizable about Paulina in this movie. Yeah, I'd say the same thing about um, uh, Peppa as well, Carmen Maura. It's it's I I just feel like she it's it just feels like my mom or something, and maybe mm-hmm. that's why I don't know. It's like not that they're identical twins by any means, but their clothes and just like, yeah, there is something to be said for that. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I don't know if this is just like a natural instinct with like foreign movies of like, okay, Carmen Maura is sort of like the, you know, in America you could compare her to. And I just found myself doing that with a lot of these actresses like Maria uh, Barranco, who plays, uh, it's probably Barranco, excuse me, plays Mm -hmm. Candela. Um, I, I, I spent half the movie thinking like, who does she look like? Am I thinking of Carol Radswell? Is that who I think she looks like? There's someone she yeah, looks there's like. Some, someone there. Yeah. yeah. Like when, especially when she's like, I don't know. It's not, I picture her in like workout clothes in this movie, even though I, I think she changes, right? She like takes a shower at uh-huh. some point and her hair is like slicked back. Yeah. Yep. There's something yeah. there. There's something about, yeah. But like all of these women, there's something where it's like, even if I hadn't seen them in a movie before, they feel very like, it, they feel familiar. I don't know why. I don't, and and mm-hmm. I agree with you about Peppa. There's something about her. I'm like, I know you from somewhere. Are you someone? Are you yeah. my mom? Whose mom are you? Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> she has great outfits. Oh my god! And the red. I mean the the yeah the, the red kind of like suit jacket the blazer. The blazer yes. that she wears. I with that brooch. Oh god! I just I love it. I just I, I love how his coats just like hang off of her. Yeah, she's so skinny. I feel like I'm at the age where I, I say to myself, oh, she's so skinny. That's uh, like, uh, you know, that's how you know. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're like, oh my, oh my God, she's skinny bones. Yeah. Yes. Well, there's one scene, I think when Candela gets to Peppa's apartment and they're walking to the apartment next to each other and Candela has like a blue and white striped skirt on and Peppa has like a white and red striped thing underneath the red blazer and i just mm-hmm. love this the i mean the two of them the contrast of the blue and the red i mean it's so intentional but it was just it that's i think one of the things that makes this movie with its plot being all over the place so captivating is like every scene is interesting to look at either because of 
the composition of the scene or because you're watching women in a scene who get to like do things that you don't normally get to see women do in a movie, you know? Oh yeah. Or both. Yeah. I, I, there's so much, uh, you know, take a, <laughs> taking a line from Chris and Takeman, a pop of color. Um, mm. I, I just feel like even the phone, the phone being red, like there, it's just, um, I just want to, I wanted like a long shot around the entire apartment and you get it. Uh, but like, there's a lot of stuff going on too that also catches your eye first, like these performances. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and all the plants, you know, so it's like, there's a red phone yeah. and then tons of green and then this very artificial oh, blue the, yeah. in the background. It's yes. Ugh, even like, and like tones of red the gazpacho being a red what mm -hmm. you know uh what paper's wearing is red and you know uh paulina's has like red i think marisa everyone has like a little bit of red i think except candela yeah interesting yeah and lucia i think she has like the most iconic look towards the end of the movie when she's got that pink i don't know that <laughs> oh, yes. whatever th that is that that jackie o number that she's got towards the end Yes, I mean her riding that motorcycle was just ridiculous. Incredible. And the hair, the hair, the blown out hair. I mean, the the shots of her, like the shot with the the wind blowing through her hair. And it's sixteen seconds. I timed it. Oh, it's about sixteen seconds. And like that, that doesn't sound like a lot of time, but that's all it is. Mm -hmm. And I was just cackling during the whole thing. I was like, "This needs to be a GIF. Like somebody make this. This is right? what I need to be sending in the group chat." Yeah, followed. Like, by... I'm on my way. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> followed by her at the airport, and it's just her head going on the moving conveyor belt. And like yes. the, with a line kind of on the background and the music is just like, yep. It, those crazy trumpets. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was just those moments. I was like, this is, this is best supporting what actress. I came for. Yeah. 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 Like this is it like this. And I, I, that's really this feeling of like, Oh my God, I think these movies are just full of these moments that are truly best supporting podcast catnip. Mm -hmm. Some of my other favorite moments and who I guess, you know, in terms of other than Antonio Banderas, uh, there is a taxi driver, the Mambo taxi driver, mm -hmm. um, played by Guillermo Montesinos. And uh, he, you know, for whatever coincidental reason, ends up being Pepa's uh, taxi driver three different times in the movie. And I, they develop such a sweet little relationship. And I think it's the, the second time he picks her up when she's crying yeah and then he starts crying as well and and you know she's like oh do you have any eye drops he's like oh no i'm sorry i'm such a dope and it's and and it's not played for a joke that he's crying as well like they're having kind of a genuine moment together and then when, when he when, when he drops her off she says don't tell anybody that i cried and he said no no, no it's my it's our secret and and i feel like i don't know not to say oh but in an american movie but in a lesser movie that he would be played as the bozo you know what I mean? There's the, the weirdo, yeah. you know? Yes. Um, I'm picturing like a, um, who's like a goofball of the 80s or 90s? Oh, like a Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or someone who's, oh gosh, here we go, $25,000 period. Here we go. Okay, he's in, he's in a lot of Adam Sandler movies. And um, he has dark hair. He was like a one of the bellhops in Home Rob Alone Schneider. 2. Rob, Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Rob yeah. Schneider. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And I, I, I think that's, I don't know. I think that's something that I appreciated that all of the 
the minor characters, even like the older woman, the porter at the building or the receptionist at the beginning of the movie, like they all got to have like a full moment in the movie. And they, they got to be kind of even the, the woman, Anna, towards the end, who's in the taxi for the for the, yes. the chase yeah we only yes. meet her right before that and she gets a whole like scene and she like she, she does she has like she even has like a narrative of like oh that's it i'm gonna leave him i'm gonna buy a bike and get out of here like i just i love that it was like oh there's a small moment for a supporting female character let's do it you know yeah i feel like it's um it's truly a mark of a great writer, you know, a screenwriter, I guess, in this case, too. Uh, but in any story, like, I don't want to just, especially if it's a woman, I don't need a woman to exist just because you have to have a woman in the scene. Like, give her, you can, you can make it happen if you think, more. like, it doesn't have to be a lot. But in this case, it's just the perfect balance. Because I, yeah, I even, the uh, the lady at the bottom of the stairs who was like kind of yelling, like she doesn't have like a moment moment, but like you, you're you with her long enough to kind of get a sense of who she is. And then you move on. And I think the taxi, uh, Anna in the taxi is uh, the perfect example of that. Yeah. And like she's someone who had no factor into the narrative at all other than like, oh, you know, you know, she stole, you know, she held your boyfriend at gunpoint and, and took him on his motorcycle. Here, come with me. Let's go after them. Yeah. There was yes. no need for that, but it added so much. And of course, it's with, you know, the, the Mambo taxi driver. And and then they he, you know, because uh, at that point, uh, uh, Lucia has thrown gazpacho in Peppa's face. And so her eyes are burning. And so they're in the taxi and she's like blowing my eyes. And then. The taxi driver passes back some eye drops and then Papa's like, oh my God, eye drops. And she like pats his arm. And it's, again, we don't need any of that to happen. It doesn't drive the narrative at all, but it adds such like a rich moment for, between these characters, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I liked that he got them and that she, you know, got to use them. Uh, side note though, is this is this something you do? Do you put eye drops in your eyes just because like they're irritated? You know what I mean? Like, what is the purpose there? So I I don't know why you put drops in your eyes when you're crying. Um, I guess if they're red from crying, I guess you'd put drops I in your eyes so, to clear yeah. them. And then if, I, but if you have gazpacho in your eyes, I mean, that's pretty spicy. That's so true. Yeah, I you need to cleanse. That. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I was in elementary school, I cried a lot when I was a kid because I was just a sensitive lad. Mm -hmm. And my one teacher, she'd always be like, go in the bathroom and wash your face. She used to tell me that all the time. I was like, I, why do I have to wash my face? I, maybe she just wanted me out of her sight. I don't know. But I've never I've never done that since. It was just something she made me do when the bathrooms were like in the classroom. Do you remember those days? Is that how it was for you in elementary school? No. I Oh. Oh, I'm on the verge of, of my seat hearing about this. <laughs> Tell me I mean, more. I kind of just thought that's how it was. It's, it's, uh, I'd say first through, like, I'd say kindergarten, first, second, maybe third grade is when, I mean, we did have bathrooms. I think it was maybe third grade was either the last year or the first year that there were no bathrooms in the back of the class, which I guess it, it works both ways. I mean, because kids are kids, there's always going to be a mess, and kids, you know, I guess it is a way to sort of, uh, resolve the issue of like you know kids just running around all willy-nilly and I don't know but I don't remember like ever being helped by a teacher to the bathroom you know what I mean so I don't know there was just a onesie like as if it was like you know an ensuite bathroom 
with uh, uh oh sorry yes there was a door it would it was sure two doors it was almost like a closet yes yes the wc um yeah it was definitely you could open and shut the door and you know do your business and then go back to class and i i never i guess i probably just wasn't old enough to think it could be any different so i was like all right this is what it is there's a boys and, and girls bathroom and that was that i wonder if anyone else i'm like listeners chime in let me know. So there was a boys onesie and a girls onesie in your classroom. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't any. There was just one toilet for each of them. Correct. And a sink in each of those. So it's like a like yep. a standard like you know family bathroom. Yeah. Or whatever. Yes. Wow. So no, I did not. I I feel like maybe like a preschool situation <laughs> might have that. I guess. I know. I don't know. Now I'm like. <laughs> but my is it weird? Uh, I had like the classic you know bathroom down the hall with the you know yes one of those. Um, so I mean, I so was there a water fountain? Um, not in the room. No, the okay. water fountains were outside. Okay. But if you think about it, like in elementary school, you're like you're kind of in the classroom all day, unless you're going to like art class or music class. And I guess maybe we were, <laughs> I don't know. It was like boot camp. You know, you you just go to your class and just shut up and do it. I don't know. We used to have silent lunches. Did you ever have those? Like if you were in trouble. No, um, it it kind of first of all we had this is like going on such a tangent, but we had we had a trouble table, and only the bad kids like were sent to the trouble table, and I got sent there once, oh. and it was traumatic, and I was framed really. Of course, I, there were these kids throwing like a an empty chocolate milk carton against uh, the wall and like bouncing it off, and I was like bashing my lunchbox with this girl named Laura, so I kind of was being. I don't know. We were just being kids. And then Mrs. Coyne was her name. C-O-Y-N-E. She was like 90 years old. She came over and she like blew her whistle at us. And she sent me and this other guy named Sean to the trouble table. And I was like, what? I was like, I didn't do anything. And if you got sent to the trouble table, you had to stay after class or after lunch. And the principal came down and talked to everyone at the table one by one about like what happened. And I just remember like Sean... He was like, he looked at me. He's like, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. And I was like, calm down, man. And I like slapped him. Um, (laughs) But like, it was fine. For some reason, I wasn't as affected. I didn't cry. I think I was just like so in shock. And I knew I didn't do anything wrong. And it wasn't like on your record or anything like that. But uh, yeah, the trouble table. But also, um, we would have silent lunches if we got too loud. Uh, the principal would come down and like scream at us because I mean we're kids. You're gonna be crazy during lunchtime. You know what I mean? It's just like a whole bunch of kids talking and carrying on. So we would have silent lunches, and then Mrs. Coyne would walk around with her whistle at anyone who was talking, and she'd blow the whistle and send them to the trouble table. It was intense. <laughs> you know, it it's like that thing where you suddenly realize, wait. Have I been in a cult for the past few years? <laughs> yeah, and I, know. I, I think that we might be having a similar thing here. We're like, I think you went to a weird school. <laughs> Maybe. I, I do. don't know. I mean, it was it was a good school, like a good elementary school. It was called Hartford Heights, and it's now closed down. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> You're like, there's the proof. Yeah, yeah. Check check sixty minutes. I think, you know, uh, ask <laughs> Leslie Stahl. Going. I think a story has been done about this place. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, that is a very long roundabout way of saying, I don't even know how we got to where we got to. Uh, bathrooms. Eye drops okay. from crying because you cried oh, a lot as drops. a kid yes. in the bathroom. Yep. And then Washing I was like, my face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, this is like that scene in Clue where we recreated Mrs. Peacock getting slapped. <laughs> 
Oh, yes, the scream. <laughs> I had to stop her screaming. I had to stop her screaming. Well, uh, I'm, well I'm glad we sort of cleared that up. Uh, and yes. I think only created more questions, I know, for myself that we'll eventually dive into. I'm going to need yeah. pictures. I'm going to need to do some Googling. I'm going yeah. to need Jody on this, probably. Yeah, <laughs> she'll, she'll have all the details. Yeah. She'll find Mrs. Coin. Oh, absolutely. She'll find the whistle. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> So <laughs> she's the whistleblower. Yes, for Hartford Heights. Yeah, Hartford Heights. Hartford Heights. Heartbreak Sounds Heights. Scary. Honestly, yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Some real lows at Hartford Heights. Yeah. Uh, well, that brings us back to the women on the verge over here of the, of yeah. the nervous breakdown. So, uh, you know, we 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 talked a little bit, but I just wanted to mention that the the woman who you know the she's in the credits she's Portera Testiga de Jehova. But uh, the I think she's just like the the porter at the building where Pepa lives. But the actress's yes. name is and I'm gonna of course butcher this because that's what I do best. Uh, Chus Lamprieve. But she is in also a lot of Pedro's movies and I think is a got it. No, is a somebody. But it's interesting because there'll be some you know he has and I I learned this from Leanne on the um, all about my mother. Uh, episode of in the details but like he's got kind of pedro's chicas as it's called it's like women that he works with regularly and in yeah. you know in one movie she might be the star but in another one she might be the sixth build you know supporting character and i think that's because i think a lot you know a, as i was looking through his imdb i was like oh my god uh carmen you're in everything yeah i well, there was that um I read on IMDb here that they did not get along very well yes. filming this movie, and they didn't move, uh, didn't work again until Volver with uh, Penelope. Yeah, which which you know, when we we haven't you know, folks listening, we have not figured out the other Almodovar movies we're going to be doing. But Volver, I think uh, I'm intrigued by. I, th- I I might have seen it a million years ago, and then I was like, oh wait, was that Vicky Cristina Barcelona? You know what I mean? So that's as much sure. as I remember it. Yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, those sort of TikToks I come across with, it's like leading actress who should have won that year. And a lot of them say Penelope Cruz should have won. That should have been like her leading actress Oscar, but she got it for Vicky Cristina. So I'm 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 intrigued. And I think actually because Vicky Cristina Barcelona was in uh, the earlier days of Best Supporting Podcast. And I remember being very surprised at how much I loved her performance. And Yeah, still a good performance. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Like was not giving her the credit in my mind that she deserved. Granted, she had the Oscar. She did not need my credit. But I I, knowing that she's going to she's in a bunch of movies. She was in All About My Mother. She was great in it. Oh, she had such a heartbreaking moment towards the end. I I am very excited to get some more Penelope on this podcast. Yay. I can't wait either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we could really kind of talk about um, uh, Peppa just in, in general, too, because she is this woman who fell in love with a man who told her, I, I don't necessarily want you anymore. And we know throughout the entire movie... I guess spoiler is that she's pregnant, but we don't really. And I love, like you said, that we get that moment at the very end with Marisa and she's the first person that she tells out of everyone in the entire movie who she kind of just met, right? Like they don't know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And but then I, it was like a weird yeah. vibe between them before Marisa. Yes. passed out. Yeah. That was one other thing where I was like, uh, Pippa was just all over Carlos when he got there because he was like, you know, one, 
what's the word I'm looking for? The Kevin Bacon separation. One degree. It's one degree, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. So one degree uh, from Ivan. What's interesting about that, like that, and there was there's a similar thing that happens in All About My Mother, but I liked that, well, there is this kind of weird, you know, uh, romantic thing, I guess, for lack of a better description, happening between Carlos and Candela. What I like about the energy between Pepa and Carlos is that it's not just like, a basic like oh i'm attracted to you oh you're the love interest like there is oh you're a connection to yvonne and especially finding out that she's pregnant at the end there's this thing of like we could assume she's pregnant with yvonne's baby you know and so here she is interacting with his son and she's carrying his child and i and there's again in all about my mother there's a similar thing of like it's like in everything everywhere all at once where there's like different dimensions and different realities. Yes. I feel like we see a mini version of that like in this movie where Pepa is interacting with Yvonne's son and Yvonne's child which she's also carrying and so her attraction to him is multi-layered, you know? Yeah. I and I love that and I I think that there's I think at first she comes on strong. She's very like, it's very flirty. But then, like you said, it does sort of transition into this. I don't, I don't want to say like motherly vibe, you know what I mean? But like they're just, their connection sort of uh, altered, is altered a little bit throughout the movie. And then she kind of leaves him there too. But I think what I love the most about this movie is her is her journey from like, you know, scorned woman, obviously a woman on the verge of a nervous breakdown, to really ultimately saving Yvonne's life, not because she wants to be with him, just because she didn't want him to die. It's like, mm. I, I love that scene at the end when she was just, he's like, why did you come here? And it, it, very simply, she just says like, well, Lucia wanted to kill you and I wanted to stop it. So you're welcome. Goodbye. And that was like the closer that she closure that she needed as opposed to Lucia who wanted him dead. That was her form of closure. But for her, it was ultimately saving him. It's almost like, um, you know, it's forgiveness in a way. And I, mm-hmm. you know, from what I know about, uh, you know, forgiveness is like that, that is, it will set you free in a way. And I think that's ultimately what happened at the end. So even though it was kind of a chaotic sort of journey to get there, I love how it ended up. Yeah. And I, I it's interesting in that moment when, cause what happens, he's like, oh, you know, we can talk, this, the Stockholm trip can wait. And of course, like the other added layer is that, uh, Paulina and Yvonne are on a flight to Stockholm that Candela uh, knows the Shiite terrorist she was hooking up with over the weekend planned to hijack. And so there's also all of that just to add into all this we haven't even we don't even need to dive into, but I think it's important to note that there is a terrorism subplot in the movie. <laughs> um, yeah. And and yet the you know the the big showdown showdown at the airport is not about the terrorists, but is about Lucia with a gun. But after Pepa, you know, knocks her over with the baggage cart and and saves his life, and he's like, oh, we can, you know, we can talk. The trip can wait. And I like that she was like, you know, uh, it's too late. It's been too late for two hours now. You know, yeah. if it was this afternoon, this morning, yesterday, it would have been different. But I love that idea of, like, it's been too late for two hours now. I just love the, like, poetry of that. And Yeah. And it really makes you think about, like, okay, so what – what happened or like what was the what was the thing that where she woke up and i wonder if there was something about carlos there was something about i don't know maybe uh i don't know the way that she like kisses carlos and tells him that she loves him before she leaves um 
mm-hmm. or, or earlier in the in the movie. I just feel like there's something I like. I like that the forgiveness that or the and the kind of freedom that she finds from Yvonne is also like he had no part in it. I think that ultimately too, like she is potentially carrying Yvonne's baby. So like he does have a part, so to speak, as as far as just like anyone would have done the same thing, no matter like, even if it is like a scorned woman, I think, I think the love that she still had for Yvonne was, was made possible again, I guess, because of Carlos, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that, but yeah. Maybe it's it. Maybe with seeing Carlos as Yvonne's son, it and and being pregnant with Car- with Yvonne's child, you know, and you could even say son. Let's just assume there's like a real, you know, sure, uh, thing yeah. here where it's like I'm talking to, I'm I'm carrying and talking to Yvonne's sons. Mm-hmm. I guess it kind of puts it into a perspective for her that like I don't want the father of my child and the, and Carlos's father to die, and that it's less about her lover being saved but these boys father being saved yes there you we know? go yeah i like that yes yeah I, and especially when you know about it like i would you would live with that guilt forever because then eventually mm-hmm. you would have his baby and probably still be in touch with carlos and to hold that secret oh my god yeah and like knowing that she did the right thing in a way that it's kind of like she didn't do it for herself she did it yeah for carlos she and and for this this new child and i think that the fact that she didn't need it for herself by the time that she did it, the fact that all of that could be read from this like showdown in, in a departures gate of an airport in Madrid is just wild. (laughs) (laughs) I know it is a, a beautiful little scene and, but it, it is very, uh, even like the chase scene on the way, I don't know how they filmed some of this because I mean, Lucia, uh, Julieta Serrano is just like she, I don't know like if it's a bo- body double or not but like she was riding that motorcycle and <laughs> just like shooting all willy nilly yep. I, I I almost had to laugh I mean that was like before the big long shot of her just like her hair blowing backwards it's like the tone of the movie has been set so like you know nothing's really gonna happen oh, you know no yeah. one's really gonna die but I will say this did anyone did that flight still happen you know what I mean like I, I like so what I know <laughs> what happened to uh, Stockholm? We know that there's a lot of police at the airport, and so because they, you know, there's like, oh, you, you know, when when Lucia's going to go to the airport to kill Yvonne, mm-hmm. and Papa's like, the airport's full of police, and she's like, I'll manage, I'll find my way. I don't know because then we get there, there's just people boarding a plane, and so and there's no police, and so I don't know, maybe they got it sorted, and they're like, all right, I think we can go ahead with the flight. We got the Shiites. Yes, I I guess so. I do love when Peppa uh, fainted. At the airport too, mm-hmm. like after the gunshot, it was just like, yes, <laughs> just yes. loved it. Yeah, yeah, it was just like this relief moment. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, just uh, nuts, just absolutely nuts. And and then we get to this last scene where Papa gets back to the apartment, and and I don't really know why Carlos and Candela drank the gazpacho, even though they knew it was spiked. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they could have just pretended. They... You know? Yes, because they had that conversation about like this one's for this person and this one's for I thought they would have like pretended to take a sip right or something right but they they do drink some of it and then they both pass out on the couch and sounds like a fun time yeah I mean I I thought well wake hey, up refreshed yeah this seems great you know I'd I'll love a nap it. with I'd Antonio love a deep sleep. Yeah. I've led then there's that right yeah um but yeah she you know it, it and this last scene is so 
the last scene in a play, you know, like it yep. has all of the notes of the last scene in the play. You can see what the lighting would be on stage, you know? Oh yes. Yes. I have such doubt, you know, it's, uh-huh. it's just like uh-huh. two women sitting on chairs um, right. who don't, you know, it's the two most, it's, I mean, not in the case of Peppa, but, um, Candela, it's, it's, I did not expect her, like you said, to have this last moment. But I I love it. Oh, Marisa, she gets the last moment. Oh, Marisa, yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah Candela's passed out, and then Marisa, yeah, she's yeah, she's fine. Uh, and Marisa wakes up, and so she and you know and Peppa are talking, and Peppa tells like, oh yeah, you know, I'm pregnant, and then Marisa goes, oh my gosh, oh then you should sit here, and then she turns and she sees the two, you know, Carlos and Candela sleep on the couch, and Peppa's like. I'll explain later. And maybe she's also seeing everybody else passed out. I don't know what Marisa was supposed to react to, but whatever it was, Paper was like, I'll explain later. Can we just sit here? And, you know, and they just have this kind of weird little conversation where Marisa's like, God, I, I had this crazy dream and I, I lost my virginity. And Paper's like, oh my God, not from one of these guys. And she's like, no, no, no. In my dream, I lost my virginity. And, and Paper was like, oh, good. And, and you know, you, you don't have that hardened look that virgins have. Virgins are awful. And that's the last line as the music rises and they continue this random conversation about Marisa. Yeah, with like all of this carnage in the apartment, like just bodies strewn about. Yeah. The bed was burnt to a crisp uh, and she's been passed out for hours on end. Um, but yeah, it's just like, all right, let's 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 pick up these pieces. The window's broken. I did mm-hmm. love when... um. I guess also, the only other person probably in the movie that does know about the pregnancy is Carlos because he finds that paper, remember? Right, 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 yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Um, and probably so, assumes that it's his fa- that that this is his, you know, half brother. That's true. Or half yeah. sibling. Because yeah. he comes over and says, like, let me water the plants. And then I love how she sprays uh, Marisa real quick. Oh, yeah. I love that. I yeah. was like, ugh. I love stuff like that. Let's see if she's still, let's see if she's still passed (laughs) out. Just a little spritz. Yeah. Similar to that, I love when, when Peppa throws the record out the window and it hits Paulina in the back. (laughs) I laughed so hard. Me too. I was like, this is pitch perfect. Uh, It's so good. I mean, I love when people get bonked on the head. It was such a bonk. And it like, it was like a little bit of slow-mo as the record was spinning down towards her head. And it was the perfect dong kind of like (laughs) right in the back of her dome. It was so good. And she's like, that woman's crazy up there. Uh, Um, Oh, it's, did you notice this is like, a very small nuance, but um, Candela had these little, the earrings that she <gasps> had. Yes! They were like little Bialetti, like, uh, French Percolators. press things. Yeah. yeah, yes. Oh, that, oh, they were so cute. Oh, that's the kind of little coffee maker that I have, is, is what her earrings yeah. were. And I, I can't, that was, that detail, I, I nearly had to pause the movie. I was like, I cannot believe you have grandma percolator earrings. That is so <laughs> yeah. hot. I just love it. Ugh. It was cool. It was, I I wish we would have got a little bit more of Candela. I feel like um, even though we got enough of her, like a lot of it was just like crazed woman dumping this evidence and trying to get a hold of uh, Peppa. And I don't know. It's like, what was her moment? I think she just had like, you know, really sort of funny, like, delivery moments like when she oh the dress line yes yeah about so when the cops arrive later to ask about the phone call about the terrorists you know she starts crying and it's like oh just i have this ugly dress on it's just this awful and it's this dress that she's borrowed from paper 
And earlier, I feel like one of her, you know, quotable lines is when she's talking to Carlos and they're feeding the, the rabbits. And she was like, oh, men always, you know, men are always taking advantage of me. You know, just look how the Arab world has treated me. It's just not fair. And I love that. I mean, yeah. you know, maybe like a ooh, line these days. But I just think that's such a funny delivery of like, I mean, look how the Arab world has treated me. Yeah. Um, she is a little wacko. Um, and that's who I think Laura Benanti plays her in. Um she in the does. Too. Yeah. It really is an all-star cast, that musical. It's like, I think if it was to succeed, it would be because, I mean, Brian Stokes Mitchell is in it, Sherry Renee Scott, Patti LuPone, Laura Benanti, Danny Burstein plays the um, the cab driver, who I thought was gay because I just saw clips of him. I remember that on like Broadway.com whenever it came out. And I was like, oh, he plays like a gay cab driver. So I was very surprised to know that this cab driver did uh you know was straight and talks about his wife yeah i kind of like that i i feel like if yeah. he was gay i felt like that would have been too obvious but i like the idea of like the first time that, that he picks up paper he's like oh can i get an autograph for my girlfriend and you know and and then the second time he picks her up it's like oh my god my girlfriend's gonna think we're we're fucking every time we run into each other and it's it it's it makes it a more interesting relationship and in that he's not the gay guy queening out on the TV actress. He's not the weirdo yes. leching over the actress. He's just like a helpful cab driver, you know, who has got magazines and, and liquor and, uh, yeah, everything you need, everything really. you need. He's really like, I mean, talk about ahead of its time. He's truly the full service Uber, you know, of, yeah. of Madrid. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, in terms of, you know, uh, awards and nominations and whatnot, you know, uh, at the Goya Awards, which is, you know, the, the, the Goyas, the Goyas, go Goya. Uh, Carmen Maura won uh, Best Lead Actress. Maria Branco, oh, uh, won Best Supporting Actress. Uh, oh, fun. Pedro won Original Screenplay. It won Best Editing. It won Best Film. And then, I mean, it was nominated for every other award, you know, uh, Supporting actor for The Taxi Driver. He was nominated. He's a <gasps> oh, BSA. Uh, Julieta Sedano uh, for Best Supporting Actress, of course. Best Supporting Hair. Um, best <laughs> yes. Cinematography. Best Director. Original Score. Sound. Production Design. Makeup and Hairstyles. That hair. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just like, you know, the the one to beat. But it was also nominated for Best Foreign Language Film at the Golden Globes. And I believe was nominated for Best Foreign Language Film at the Academy Awards. Yes, absolutely. It so was. it got some recognition. I'm going to see what beat it out at the Academy Awards. Let's see. Ooh. Let's go take a look and see best foreign film at the Academy Awards. In 1988, I was I was two years old. Yes. Well, there was. I don't know any of these other movies except for Salam Bombay. I think I know that movie. But okay, uh, Denmark's uh, entry into the into the awards. Uh, Pele the Conqueror. Pele the P L E P E L L E the Conqueror. You decide how go. to pronounce it. It's something from Denmark, but uh, that one, two hours and thirty-seven minutes. When his wife dies, Lessa takes his twelve-year-old son Pele from their home in Sweden to Denmark in search of a better life. Sounds like go. a hoot. Sounds like a, <laughs> yeah. a, a hoot and a half. Hoot and a half. Um. Well. I think that is all I have to say about women on the verge of a nervous breakdown. I mean, I'm sure there is so much that people who know this movie and know Pedro well know that we are missing. But I feel yeah. like part of the experience of these movies is like, it's like, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, 
diving into like a, a ball pit and just seeing how many balls you can grab and you might not get all of them you know yes yeah i'm excited i feel like uh this is our first day of class yeah and next week we'll be diving into something else and with that comes the knowledge of what came before i'm excited right right well maybe we'll see something in the next movie and go oh my god we saw that in women on the verge yes 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 so yes. that'll be fun i can't wait for that yeah well, I think that means that the score is going to come in. Some score. It might be different music. I might change it up. I might ask the orchestra to change it up every week and play us Ooh. off. So before you speed off to the Madrid airport, where can folks find more of you? They can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast. And for a limited time only, Amanda Kaczynski, friend of the pod, and I are going to be uh, reviving Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour for All Stars 7 of RuPaul's Drag Race, which is an all winner season, which is sure to be spectacular. So I, there's only eight queens, so I feel like it can't be that many episodes. But look out uh, for that for anyone who is, you know, a crossover Squirrel Friends. I'm, I'm super excited for it. I cannot wait. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kachanov. Well, I am beyond excited about Squirrel Friends. Let me just say that right now. Yeah, it's Squirrel Friends be wild. is there would be no All Right Mary if I think you blazed a trail, and so uh, thank you for that. And yeah. uh, speaking of All Right Mary, if you want to find more of me, you can hear me on All Right Mary, also talking about All Stars Seven, as well as uh, fitting to uh, Women on the Verge of Nervous Breakdown, Drag Race España on Patreon. Yeah. I am I am just fully immersing myself, and so. Uh, you could also, and I mean it this time, find me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance, because I will talk about it more on the Best Sporting After Show, but <sighs> I've got a bit of a Ooh. script in the cookery that is almost ready for showtime. So whatever that oh was that means, I don't know, but you'll find out on patreon.com slash pod where we will be uh, continuing the discussion uh, yeah. on the Best Sporting After Show. And uh, you can also find me on Instagram at CollinDrucker underscore if you want, or on Instagram at BSAPod. Yeah, or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. Well, I feel like I've already mentioned the Patreon, so the peepers are fully peeled, and we need to get our peepa peepers out of here and go talk about some other things on Patreon <laughs> on our after show. Yeah. So uh, that, as they say, is that.